Okay, good morning. Today's class is in the success of Michael ben Chana, that he should have a good zivug. Also, today's class is Rufu Shalem Yerich Yachmiel, the end of Mitzvah Basha, success of Elisheva Ben Abaga, the Elban Elisheva, Shef Ben Elisheva, Emma Ben Emma Ben Elisheva, and Reina Malka Ben Basha. God willing, next this Tuesday night we have a phenomenal class on Zoom with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld, amazing, amazing Rabbi. Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld is a psychologist, and he's able to mix. A lot of old wisdom with new, new, new tools of, of psychology. We're going to be talking about preparing for Rosh Hashanah. He's an amazing speaker. Again, that's Tuesday night on Zoom. We're just trying to switch things up a little bit, doing big events, doing some guest speakers. That's why we, we haven't, I haven't done the Tuesday night Lighthouse class. So just, we just need to, sh- you know, sometimes you have to shuffle the deck in life. And this is what we're doing. We're shuffling the deck in life, God willing. I wanted my whole goal really is to bring a lot, a lot of singles together and people get married, etc. God willing, I think, I believe next month, next Sunday night, we're going to have a class in Miami Beach right before I leave to Rosh Hashanah. It's my grandmother's yurt site. So that is going to be in Miami Beach, God willing, next Sunday night. Okay, today's class is a phenomenal, phenomenal concept. Phenomenal concept. And, and this is very, very 2021. 2020, 2021, what exactly has been happening to us? Where did it start, etc.? And Rav Nachman says it amazingly. The whole Torah is so beautiful that it's like literally listening to a poem. He starts saying that the whole, you have to begin the lesson Torah. He says, you have to start believing that the whole world was created for you. The whole world was created for you and you have to come into this world and say, what can I do to the, in this world to make it better? Rav Nachman has a beautiful concept that two Jews can never stay together, never stay in the same place. So the minute... For example, that you all of a sudden upgrade your game, you know what happens? Somebody else gets upgraded automatically. Imagine Baruch Hashem, thank God, these classes. Thousands and thousands of people got affected by, by me all of a sudden picking up my game. Thousands of people got affected. So every single time a person can create an arousal, he himself picks up his game, automatically he creates a shift in the consciousness of all Jews. This is why it's the, the, the Arizal and our sages say, we're all like a rope. It's all one rope. When you create a shift, everybody, this is why it's the importance of the, again, we'll, if we're focusing in life only on, oh, he's giving me Ayn Hara or Lush and Hara, these are, these are all symptoms of a lack of consciousness. Because if you were in a better state, you would never even want to talk about about somebody. You would never even give it, uh, somebody the lie. It would never even be, why would I do that? I would, I'm so much better than that. But when, you, when we're in a very low consciousness, God forbid, and when we're in a very low, low spiritual level, we have to worry about who's giving Ayin Haratas and, and, and who's talking Lashon Hara. But this is a symptom of a, of, a, of a lack of love, which that's the root of the problem. So Rav Nachman says the whole world was created for you. Again, not about you, which is the self-centeredness, but what can I do for the world instead of what can the world do for me? You understand? Not this whole woke movement of now I woke up, what could the world do for me? Opposite. What can I do for the world? What can I do for the world? And Ramanachal says you have to constantly look at the world and consider it how to make it better, to provide what's missing for the world. This, is a, this issue seems like such a simple question. But imagine a guy saying, what, what can I do for my marriage to make it better? Instead of what is my wife doing for me and walking around with resentment? You understand? This is something we have to look at. Look at anything in your life. When you've able, you're saying, what can people do for me? You, you have nothing but empty hopes and no, resentment. But when you say, you know, what can I do to make this better? You have nothing but joy and fulfillment. So you know already that the solution to anything is self-centeredness. That's the root of the problem, is the self-centeredness. This is why our sages constantly tell us, do not take revenge. What do you mean? Revenge is, is, is 
is taking is being self-centered. You hurt me, now I hurt you. Opposite, we have to change the world, not get even with the world, etc. And then Rav Nachman says something very beautiful. And he says, how do you know if a person, God forbid, has a decree on him? One of the reasons when a person's in a spiritual slump is when a person is lacking joy in the mitzvah. Whenever a person's lacking joy in a mitzvah, that means he's spiritually, there could be a decree on the person. So that person at that time, the regular prayers will not really be able to be effective because he's going to muddle them. He's, his heart is not in them. He's in a state of sleep. This is the concept, God willing, you're going to hear in the background noise, you're going to hear the shofar blowing a little bit. But the whole purpose of the shofar, which we're going to get into this class, is to, is to remove the crookedness of the person's heart. The problem is not what we're saying. The problem is my heart is crooked. My heart is crooked because my heart has been divided. My heart has been divided. We're going to talk about what the cause of a division of the heart and how breaking the division of the heart leads to joy. Imagine telling somebody, giving somebody counseling, okay? You know, one of the things that we, a lot of people come to me for Shalom Bayit issues, but very simple. If they both want to make it work, it works. Because if you want to make your marriage work, both parties will do whatever it takes to say, I'll do anything. But you'll see sometimes where the one person has no interest in this marriage. And you tell him, listen, come, you have to do this. Nah, it's not for me. Uh, nah, I don't do this. He doesn't want to make it work. So the problem is not the marriage. The problem is the crookedness of the heart. He doesn't want to make the marriage work. His heart is divided. You understand? So it's not, it's not what we're doing. This is why going to psychologists without recognizing the problem is an internal problem. <laughs> What's the psychologist going to tell me? Why it happened? How it happened? I know how it happened. I know why it happened. But how do I break the heart, the crookedness, of why I don't want to be married to that person anymore? God forbid. It doesn't mean it's crooked. It could be a person falling, off, falling apart. But the whole point here is we're talking about is the concept of the heart, not the brain. The brain is only a result of the heart's intentions, etc. And Rav Nachman is telling us here, how do you know you're in a slump in life? If you have this concept of everything's a burden for us. And everything's, everything's heavy. This heaviness in life, it's, we're locked in the mitzvah. Because the greatest reward for a mitzvah is... Another mitzvah. Imagine this is the greatest reward. How do you know you're in a positive flow? That means that when you do a mitzvah, all you want to do is say, how can I get another mitzvah? That's how you know you're in a good flow. And obviously this is usually what happens. People all of a sudden get into momentum, they'll lose weight, they'll feel better about themselves, next thing you know they'll take care about, they'll treat people nicer. You can see how the shift of momentum, when a person changes himself, all of a sudden he treats people better. And then all of a sudden he's, he's less, less likely to be self-centered. Same cycle that we're talking about. This is how he starts the Torah. But Rav Nachman's not telling us something very, very deep. Which is, honestly, if you don't understand these concepts, you're like, why? I never thought of it like that. How many of us are chasing for joy? Right? The whole world is chasing for joy. The whole world wants to be happy. And we think, obviously, the majority of people think, obviously, that joy is something that, if I get something, I'm going to be happy. Everybody's running after joy today. Running after happiness. Running after approval. Running after things, toys, etc. Believe me, I have all those toys and, and they don't create joy. I promise you. What's joy? Joy is something inside of us. And Rav Nachman says the essence of joy is found in the heart. That means if you want joy, you have to start with the heart. And he's telling us here, as it says in Psalms 4, You have put joy in my heart. But it is impossible for the heart to rejoice unless a person removes the crookedness of his heart. So Rav Nachman tells an unbelievable chidush on how to remove the crookedness of the heart. You're not going to have joy unless you remove the crookedness of the heart. 
so that he might have a straight heart. Then he will tr- have true joy, because for joy straightens out the heart. Okay? So now he's telling us this, the, the, the problem is the crookedness of the heart. The solution is going straight into the heart, not into the mind. Remember, once the heart opens, the mind opens. Rabbi Nachman's going to tell us here. We spoke about that many times. Even the chakras, when you cleanse it, when a person removes it, he cleanses his chakra, his heart chakra, his mind chakra opens up. The whole point is getting to the heart, getting the intention, getting the belief behind it. This is what all these speakers and Joe Dispenza's and everybody's out there, getting the person to want to believe, to believe that something else is possible, not just uh, it's out there, believing it. And the heart's crookedness is made straight by the means of thunder. This is how Rav Nachman says. The reason why we say the bracha of thunder, when we say bracha of thunder, we say, who can understand the thunder of his givorot? So Rav Nachman says, removing bit by the concept of thunder. Our sages thought that thunder was only created to straighten out the crookedness of the heart. When you hear thunder outside, you know what you should be saying? Straighten out the crookedness of the heart. The heart is crooked. Thunder corresponds to the voice. When a person, how do I create thunder? When I pray with a voice that's strong, because remember, you ever see the movies where you see the kid in the in the, in the kid walking with the big with the big cloudiness? He's got clouds over his over his head, right? Or you see the the person with his head down and all these clouds, negative thoughts and crookedness. What happens when I start? My heart becomes crooked. I start developing these phobias. I start developing these ideas. I start developing these illusions. And this creates this abundance amount of clouds over me. So now, here we go. Here's brain fog, confusion. I'm trying to think positively. I can't. But you have to understand, once the heart is crooked, remember, once I lose my faith, all of a sudden, all these heretical ideas come in. These phobias are going to come in today, obviously. People are talking more about COVID and vaccines than God. They forgot about God now. They forgot about who's creating all of this. So it's all of these phobias are creating this tremendous amount of cloudiness and, and not allowing people to all of a sudden think that a prayer can change them. So just like you made the problem, how do you fix the problem? You made the problem with the division, with the, with the crookedness of the heart. Now you have to fix it into the heart. This is what our sages always teach us. The way something is damaged is the way it has to be fixed. Bottom line, the way something is damaged is the way something has to be fixed. If you want to clean an oven, you can't splash water in an oven. You need to create fire. Just as the laws of kashrut are the same thing. How it got impure has to be pure through the same kashrut way as possible. Basically, our sages are telling you, you can't fix uh, this situation, you have to fix it literally how it got damaged. This is what Reb Natanzal says, a beautiful chidush on, on the shofar itself. He says, you, if the shofar has a crack in it, you cannot fix it with the same, um, with a different type of substance. I can't put putty or clay on a shofar. It has to be with the same material because the same way you made the mess, you have to fix it the same exact way. This is the law of life, which is called tikkun. A tikkun has to be made in the same location, the same place that we did before. So this is, it's, and, and actually this is a great favor. The great favor for us is that we should feel this pain and we should see what's wrong. But today we look at pain equals suffering. This is the mentality that we've been taught today. We have been taught that pain equals suffering. So we want to run away from it. And we spend all of our life running away from pain, numbing pain, 
doing whatever it can, because we think pain is always suffering. It's not always suffering. Pain is a call of our Creator telling us, listen, wake up. This is what needs to be changed. This is the whole point. But if you look at pain as always suffering, then of course you're going to run away from pain. You don't want to feel it, etc. Pain does not always equal suffering. The same thing, if I have a broken, something broken, I have a headache. And if I say, start saying, oh my God, I have a headache. Oh my God, I have a headache. Oh my God, I have a headache. I can't believe I have a headache. I can't function. I'm tired. Drink water. Get some oxygen. Breathe. And it'll go away. Pain is a signal. It's not always telling you it's suffering. And this association that we have today, that God is threatening us. He's putting diseases. He's threatening us. He wants to... This is the Meshuga of the Meshuga that society has created today. And it's not one person doing it. It's a mass hysteria of, I remember when the virus came out, people were covering up the countertops and, in, and getting toilet paper. This is what the hysteria of stupidity that has created in our, in our world. So Rabbi Nachman saying, back to the lesson, how to create the brokenness, he says, thunder. And what is thunder? Rav Nachman says, when a person releases his voice, this is the importance. When a person is under a slum, slum, and he's under a mental slum, and he can't focus because he had, the reason why he can't focus is because of the cloudiness that's created, the libum, Rav Nachman says. The libum, the libum, the heaviness of the thinking, the overthinking, the obsessive overthinking. But if you would have done his bodhidut every single day, you would have cried out to God, you wouldn't have that crowd, that that cloud, because every single day, what do you think you're doing in his bodhidut? You're crying out to God. You're beseeching him. You're creating that thunder every single day. So if you're creating the thunder every day, cannot, there's no accumulation of, of clouds. Every single day, I am, I am removing it. So I'm not going to be all of a sudden lost in the middle of the jungle with nowhere to go and no direction, because every single day, I'm not allowing that, the, 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 the concept of the accumulation of all this negativity to ascend. And Ramnachal says, when a person releases his voice with great force, the voice strikes the clouds, which is the, the clouds is the upper mentalities, the mochim, that have gotten confused, that have gotten clouded. And what happens? The rain comes, and the rain is the shefa. The rain is the clarity. So you could see something beautiful, what he's saying here. There's three things. When I'm creating a voice, when I speak with voice, when I speak with intention, when I speak with koach, What's happening? Three things are happening. First, I have to create the warmth from the heart because the heart has to be the one creating that warmth, creating that arousal to want to speak. Then all of a sudden it goes through the, 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 the neck, it goes through the, 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 the trachea, which creates the air, right? The air creates that, the ability to get the action and then the water comes out from the speech. So these three aspects, fire, water, and air, Fire, water, and air create that, that the, the, the thunder, and that allows the chasadim. So all of a sudden what happens is a person goes from gevura, gevura means judgment, to mercy. Because he creates that arousal from that. This is why the constant message of our sages is telling us, if you get swallowed by a whale in life, don't ask for the Wi-Fi passcode and ask, how do I get Wi-Fi in Yonah's whale? Imagine Yonah getting swallowed by the whale, asking, how in the world do I get, what's the Wi-Fi passcode? Like, we've already made, you know, Uber Eats, Wi-Fi passcode, I'll stay in the whale. I got swallowed by a whale. No, when you get swallowed by a whale in life, you're supposed to scream. You're supposed to scream for help. And this is the problem. God's, we're getting swallowed in life. 
and we're not screaming out. We're saying, do you have any Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Not anymore. Not the Haggadahs. Not the Chachamim. Do you have any? Do you have the Wi-Fi passcode? This concept of not creating thunder and letting the clouds continue to develop and develop is what causes people to lose their happiness because they don't even feel anymore. The more insensitivity, and this is exactly what the chametz represents. Reb Nachman saying here. Reb Nachman saying here. This is why when you speak, one of the ways to come to true joy is to have a heartfelt prayer with your Creator that will break the clouds, that will create, the, the remove the libumim. The libum in Hebrew means the whiteness of the mind that's been, that's been built up and built up and built up. This is what our sages taught. When a person has the fear of heaven, his words are heard. Very simple. I want my words to be heard, I have to have the fear of heaven. I can't have the fear of heaven if the heart is not into it. So, do you see the problem? So God, this is why God has to send us pain. Because when we are in pain, you pray completely different. You're a different different prayer. I know when I'm in pain, my prayer is thunder. (laughs) There's no question I come out with thunder. Because you're, 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 you're against the wall. But sometimes when things are too good in life, we lose that hunger, we lose that thunder. And then the libum creates... Libum is a cloudiness. For somebody who possesses fear of heaven, his voice is, tur- is converted into thunder. You understand? The whole point is, if I'm all in, my words come out with thunder. This thunder creates its cre- is, is the fear of heaven. And then the words are heard, and, the, and, and this causes an arousal in heaven. And this is what Rav Nachman is saying here. Very important to, to, to not just pray, but you have to physically... You have to, the voice has to be heard. As our sages say, how do you know you're, close, you're connected to your soul? Not if you go to Jamba Juice and go spinning and, and, and do yoga. That's not connected to your soul. Rahman says, how do you know you're connected to your soul? If you are connected to your prayer, if you can feel the prayer in your bones. As our sages say, my bones shall proclaim you. I feel my bones talking. That means that disconnection is such an important thing. And this corresponds to the shofar. The shofar, what was the aspect of the shofar? What do, what do we do the shofar? To remove the crookedness of the heart. The whole purpose is the heart. God's, we're going to Rosh Hashanah, we need the, the heart's crooked. How are we going to remove the crooked? So imagine you could, do shofar, you could hear the shofar 365 days a year by yourself. Imagine that God, every day you would be aroused. And what's the concept of the shofar? The shofar is also arousal from sleep. When we develop these phobias, when we develop these, this, we lose our vitality. We lose our vitality. We lose our concept of thunder. We, lo- we don't even want to make thunder anymore because we're so clouded by the mind, etc. And when whoever hears a shofar brown by a man who's God-fearing will have no fear the entirety. This is the reason why it's very important to whoever go to a synagogue, make sure the guy knows how, the guy has fear of God who's blowing the shofar because that could affect you how? This is why in Uman, you could see the difference. When the guy's over there blowing the shofar, it affects you. Because Rav Nachman says, whoever hears the shofar for a person who's God-fearing, he will, not hear, he will not be worried about thunder the whole year. So you can be careful of the synagogue you go to. You know, you, can't, you go to these places, they don't know, the guy doesn't know blow the shofar. It can affect your heart. Because remember, the whole purpose is the, our whole life. We're connected to this concept of the heart. The whole, God wants your heart. Prayer of the heart. Being understanding the heart. We don't have the heart, everything else is gone. You don't have the intention, everything else is gone. 
God's judging a person's intention. He's judging a person's ratzon. That's what he's judging you for. The results are up to him. But you have to, you're getting judged on the intention and the desire for any specific situation. But it's first, Rabbi Nachman says, but it's first necessary to clear the mentalities of secular wisdom and undesirable thoughts. This is the chametz that's created. These are the phobias, these are the fears. A person must not sour his wisdom with these passions or this chametz or these fears because what happens is this metamtems the heart. The heart metamtems. The heart becomes sullied, becomes divided. And he must also safeguard his fear of heaven for which is voice of... Because uh, remember, I need the fear of God practically. I need the fear of heaven to be able to create thunder. But if I don't have the fear of God, I'm fearing all kinds of doctors and this. How in the world can I fear of God if I'm fearing this? You can't, like we said before, you can't be half pregnant. The, to the extent that you fear that, you will not. You will take away from God's fear. This is, this is what we speak about calling nefulot... Um, Fallen fears. Fallen fears are fears that are misplaced. When you misplace your fear in your Creator, you're going to create chametz. The chametz is going to cloud your mind and create more division, which is not even going to, you're not even going to know the difference between wanting to scream out or no. So the first guy is, yes, he's spiritual, he's working on his classes, but he occasionally develops a cloudiness. So he knows right away, go into, go and scream out in his body, do go scream out to God. That guy doesn't have the accumulation of the chame, of, of that much. So for him, he could feel the joy quicker. But the other person has so much chametz that he doesn't even know if he should pray or not. <laughs> One guy saying, I want to pray, but I can't because I don't have the strength. The other guy says, does prayer even work? Does he, this even work? He's got so much chametz that he doesn't know the difference of even, even believing in the class. The problem, the problem is not even believing in the class. Because that's all created by this concept of, of, of chametz and this concept of these fears. What these fears do, Rabbi Nachman say, is they completely knock you out. They knock you out mentally, spiritually, emotionally, across the board. You're walking around as reacting to life. You're walking around with no energy. You're walking around with watching news and portraying and fearing. This is, you can't walk around like that. This is not what you're made from. And this is exactly what, we're, what the problem is. First, you have to guard the chametz. So remember, the first step is, be careful what you're listening to. Be careful where you're focusing to. Because you're going to develop so much, so much, so much fear that's going to cloud such a cloudiness that you're not even going to want to, to do it. This is why our sages say that, not our sages, but there's a study showing that the people that watched the Boston Marathon with the bomber had more PTSD than the people that were actually in it. To show you the illusion of television, the madame, the hysteria, it's ne- it doesn't end. And this is causing more of a, more of a, more of a chamet. Because and, and, when you're looking at the world like this, you're like, I'm, ho- I'm helpless. I'm helpless. What can I do? The world is in so much chaos. I can't even change the world with my one prayer. I don't even have the energy. You understand? You, you develop a learned helplessness. Nothing I could do could change, but go protect myself and hide under the corner. This is how you lose a war in life. This is how you lose your whole potential. But the other person that it gets occasionally gets the, the, the chametz in his head, that he has a bad day, has a, then he can scream out from the heart and remove the crookedness. 
This is exactly why some people hear the shofar, they're shooken up. Some people hear the shofar, nothing, nothing changes them. They don't feel it. They don't feel that call because that call is so, so drowned out in different kinds of calls, calls of, of CNNs and calls of stupidity that they can't even hear that call anymore. And this is what Reb Nachman says, that ultimately the whole problem in Egypt was they had chametz. This is why they had to run out of Egypt with matzah. Because chametz and matzah have the same letters. The only difference is the stick. Matzah is flat. Matzah represents dat. Matzah represents emuna. Matzah has no yeast or growing or theories or flat fear. Matzah is flat. They had to leave Egypt with matzah. They had to leave they had to leave Egypt with matzah because the problem was the chametz that they had in their head. They were emotionally they were, they were emotionally so burnt out in Egypt that they couldn't even hear Moshe. The whole problem, Moshe was telling them, I can get you out. Don't worry, but what, 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 what happened in Egypt? The dot was missing. They had no dot. They were completely burnt out emotionally. That's why they had a kotzer ruach of Odakasha. Because of their intensive emotional state that they were in, they couldn't even listen. <laughs> Their emotions blocked their intellect. They couldn't even hear the shofar. So they had to run out of the Egypt by, for free. God took them out without their arousal. God had to take them out and they had to go make matzahs on the way. What did they prepare for the matzahs? No, you have 18 minutes to do it because if I give you more than 18 minutes to go make a matzah, you're going to start thinking now. Do you understand? Sometimes you have to tell a person, here, just move. Because if you start thinking, that thinking is what's going to get you into the problem. You know, imagine a guy working out, telling him, you got to do this, think about it first before you do it. No, the whole co- just keep going, just keep going. Don't look at the clock, just keep going. The same concept, and this is the ultimate tikkun that Mitzrayim represents, Egypt represents, Mitzar Garon, the back of the neck. And the ultimate salvation, we have to go from Mitzrayim to Pesach, open mouth. The salvation came when the Jews had Pesach. This is why we recount the Seder with a mouth. We're telling over the story. We're screaming out, Pesach. The tikkun is Pesach. When the mouth is open, the heart is aligned. But when the mouth is closed, the speech gets stuck in the mitzrayim, gets stuck in the stack. And then what happens when you don't speak about something? You think about it all day long, which leads to more, more, libum, and more, more, more drowned out in life. So this is a beautiful Torah. The next time you think about when you're going to pray, say, I need to make thunder. You need to create that thunder. The thunder is what creates, and that's how you know if, you, if you've prayed the right way, because after prayer, you feel different, because you remove the libum, you remove the cloudiness, and we're supposed to do this every single day. You can tell the difference between a guy's shape if he works out four days a week, or a guy works out once a month. You could tell physically the results. You don't have to... Mentally, you'll get the same results also. You'll be able to have that clarity, not, and more importantly, not the development of these phobias and fears and these laboom that's causing. This is why today we're too into motivation today. No, you need the perspiration today. Because if you had the day-to-day thunder in your life, your heart would not be crooked. And then you wouldn't need the motivation all day long. This is why we need to create it every single day. Perspiration over motivation. Motivation is, okay, I need to have so much, I need the perspiration, I need the constant grind every single day to remove this chametz that's happening in my life that's causing me to completely lose my energy. May Hashem help us all, that we should all understand 
to be able to make this thunder. And you need Gevura. Remember, thunder, there's a positive side of Gevura. And I want to sh- finish off a beautiful story that we heard in Mexico. Uh, we're sitting down, and we're, we're, we're sitting down in Mexico. They have lunch between 2 to 5. That's a whole different class. Onto, uh, to, uh, <laughs> then they go, to work at, go back to work at 6. It's a whole different story. So one of the guys says, well, they were all, everybody was talking on the table. You know, I had COVID. I lost my, my taste in my mouth for one year. The other guy's saying I lost it for six months. Another guy lost it for this. My friend Jacob Kahab says, you know what? Let me tell you how to get it back right away. And the guys are already talking about how to get it back right away. He says, I lost my mouth. I, I, I came to Miami. I had COVID. I lost the flavor, I believe, on a Friday afternoon. And while he was eating food, he was crying out to his creator, creator of the world. How in the world can I bless you if I can't taste the food? How in the world can I bless you if I can't taste the food? How, could, how can I bless you? How can I enjoy the thing? How can I bless you? And then when it came for Havdalah, he was, he was worried so much that he couldn't be able to say the blessing on, on the Samim that he said he screamed out to God with such chutzpah, thunder. He says, I cannot smell, I cannot say the bracha. And he demanded his, 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 his taste back and, his, and, his, and he got them both right at Havdalah. He got them both. And it was unbelievable. But how many of us, oh, we lost our taste, we lost our mouth. Okay, it's okay. It's okay, no big deal. I'll wait till I get it back. This is not what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to scream out and say, I want my taste back. This is what God wants. He wants the thunder. He wants that 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 the, the ratzon in us. He doesn't want this. Okay, I lost the taste. Big deal. Who cares if I don't say a blessing? Who cares? Who cares if I don't say? Who cares? That's the problem. That's the crooked. That's the coldness. That's where the libum comes. But you have to take massive action when something. This is exactly what I, what I said. The same prayer when I got married. I don't want to sin, God. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't want to sin. I don't want to go back to that world I was in. Figure it out. Didn't even ask to get married. Okay, you don't want to sin? Here you go, now you're going to get married. The prayer was, it was the prayer of, 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 of heaven. It wasn't for my selfishness. It wasn't for myself. It was, I don't want to sin. I don't want to go back to that world where I was in. The answer gets prayed. Every time you pray like that, where you pray for heaven's sake, where you have the, the demand for spirituality, you're going to get answered every single time. But imagine how many of us lost taste, lost... Okay, no big deal. I'll get it when I get it. No, it's, that's not the right approach. The right approach is, what are you going to do with it? God gave you the luck, what are you going to do with it? Shem, help us all that we should all create thunder. Every single day, you need to create thunder every morning. The more thunder you create, the happier you'll be. Because you will move the crookedness. You don't want to make thunder? Then rain's going to come all day long. So it's up to us. We can wake up in the morning, create that thunder. You have problems? God gave it to you so you can create that thunder. And then the joy comes. The joy comes from a relief and, a, and recognition that I did all that I can. I came to my creator. I spoke to my creator about this issue. Now I can live with joy the rest of the day instead of hanging on and to worry and anxiety the whole day because I didn't let out and I'm keeping everything in. So you could decide what you want. You, you could more output and less input. Have a great day. So uh, how about we even